hello and welcome to Somewhat Damaged. Don't worry, you're in the right place. I'm still your host, Greg Alpern. And while the name may have changed, the unfiltered and unhinged comedy stays the same. Sit back and relax and listen to this brand new episode featuring Daniel Webb. How are you guys? Nice to meet you, by the way. Sorry. Nice to meet you too, Daniel. Thanks for having me. Cut your hair. I was going to say you cut your hair. Oh, I did. Yeah. I switched the wig. Sexy. Sexy. Love it. Thanks. I'll take it. Yeah. I promised myself I wouldn't become an old man uh, with a ponytail. And I was like, oh, fuck. We are dangerously close to that. Oh, dad just put his ponytail in. He's he just turned sixty eight, and he's doing the whole ponytail thing now. And it's- Some guys can rock it. I just I lived in Austin, Texas, and saw too many, uh, oh, sure. like you know, former musicians, but they're never former. Yeah. Um, am I good audio? I can put headphones on if y'all need me to. No, you sound good. Do I? Do we sound alright? Yeah, y'all sound loud and loud and clear. John's in a cave. I'm on stage right now. Oh wait, where are you? I'm in stand up New York in Manhattan, the Upper West Side. Are you side. at the? Oh, I see. Oh, right behind yeah, you. I'm at the club. Cool. Yeah. John's. Uh, do you guys know each other? John's the Booker and Chief of Staff for Stand Up New York. Cool. Call right me anytime. Here. Daniel, oh, we are going to be in Los Angeles starting May third, fourth, and fifth. We'll be running. Uh, we were running shows down in um, over in West Hollywood actually, but now we're going to be running shows in Mid City on top of the Kimpton. Oh, cool. I'll actually yeah. be, I'll be in uh, Mexico doing shows during oh, that great. time. Whereabouts in Mexico? Cancun for the first time. I've never been. So. Oh, it's terrible. You're going to fucking love it. <laughs> um, it is going to be, I am, a, I am a bit concerned about like super spreader because it's obviously like a gay event. And so okay. I'm like, I, I just hope a bunch of queens from Michigan don't show up. Oh, dude, yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll send you a video. My buddy just, well, he, over New Year's, he went to tell him. Do you know where that uh-huh. is? Tulum. Yeah. Tulum, yeah. And um, I didn't so even know. So straight, Greg. So oh, my hard. God. He sent me. Uh, no, he's straight. He's, he's, very, he's very straight. He mm. sent me videos of, mm. like, the parties. And mm-hmm. I was like, dude, you know you're dying. Like, yeah. no, you're dying. Like, <laughs> well, just like, gonna, I, I went to I went to Cancun at the top of March. And I'm still okay. here. All right. So yeah. I'm going to, yeah, I'd still want to hide in my room because I won't be able to get on the plane if I test positive for COVID. So right. like I, financially speaking, I can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> Socially speaking, hey, what the fuck, right? Yeah. Any advice really fast on things I should do? I'm just going to move something, but I'm listening. In, in Cancun? There, you should, you just find a daddy down there and they'll make sure that you're, you're, you're set for the week. Are there, okay, so are there like a bunch of expatriates hanging out down there? Like what's going on? Some expats doing that down there that are just like, that had a couple of experiences about Vietnam and they're ready. They're ready. (laughs) (laughs) I was in Alaska. So I'm really naive. I miss cues all the time. Uh, and I was in Alaska waiting. I had a train to catch the next day. And so I was just getting drunk in Anchorage. And some dude, just some old dude, which is not, you know, that's kind of my demo, uh, sat up next to me and just started telling me Vietnam War stories and got me drunk. And it wasn't until the next day I was like, I think he wanted to fuck me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so slow. It's okay. It's all right. You'll get there. I I was was going to say, hey, let's just stop and start, but I'm not even going to bother. So we're, we're just right in it. So thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for having me. That's John. Um, we, we're here with Daniel Webb, um, who has a really funny new special out from Comedy Dynamics called Hose Parade Live at the Rose Bowl. Yay. Bill, <laughs> in the height of the quarantine last summer, um, how did that whole thing go? I mean, it looked visually that that was stunning. It looked amazing. It, I think it does look great. Thank you for saying that. And I don't have anything to do with the way it looked, but it does look like it. And sometimes I think it looks like when I'm playing the music, I'm like, it does look like an emotional car commercial. Uh, but uh, it, it it does. I'm very happy with the way it looks because I didn't know what, it, it, you know, it's a parking lot. So what the hell is it going to be? Um, but it was, it was weird. It was like, it for sure was weird. It's, it scared me because originally we were supposed, it was normal, right? It was pre COVID was the deal. So we were supposed to do it at a theater in New York city in April, you know, full of people and, and the usual. So like, that was a dream come true. Everybody wants their first hour to be something like that. And then COVID happened. And then just about a month about a month before we filmed, they're like, it's back on. I'm like, yes. And they're like, and everyone's in their cars. They're like, Fuck. 
so it was a total adjustment, but I, I took a bunch of risks um, and just kind of made it about the, the moment, you know what I mean? Cause it was, it was always going to look like we're in a pandemic, you know, the audience is in their cars in masks, you know, it, it, it would always forever look uh, quarantined. Right. So yeah, I, I it's, it's a one-off, but I like it for that reason. I think they did a great job doing what they could to bring the audience into it. Like with some of those shots in people's cars and totally, you know, if you haven't watched it yet, if you're listening, you haven't watched it yet, count the dogs. Um, there's lots of dogs in cars. I really? That. I yeah, you have to. I've watched it a hundred times because I got to be in part of the editing. But if you, once you start looking back, like almost every shot of the audience, there's like a dog you can see. Oh, it's amazing that now with 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 the, with the restrictions, and I mean, obviously, dogs were almost allowed everywhere. <laughs> um, now I think that it's going to be a little bit more available. Like, I mean, I got a dog over the pandemic. You, <gasps> you know what did? I mean? I mean, yeah, Leo's so great. Greg knows Leo. He's fantastic. He's very quiet. He's the club mascot. But like, I'm totally down to allow dogs and cats. Screw it. As long as you know, if they're trained into the showroom, I think oh, that'd yeah. be fine. In my opinion. No, I'm drawing the line. I don't know if I'm on board with that. My friend brought their dog to a show just like last weekend, and the dog barked during every set. I was like, this dog is the heckler. <laughs> but the dog is cute, so nobody can get mad at it. You know what I mean? It's like well, the thing is, like my dog is very nicely trained. He doesn't bark. He's very quiet, submissive, kind of like me. So he's uh, <laughs> he just kind of stays there. See, my dog, my dog is uh, he's uh, you can't nobody else can pet him but me, or he'll bite the shit out of you. Really? Um, yeah. So I guess that's like me. I don't know. I don't think that's how I am, but I think you are, you, you, you know, you pass on whatever fucked up traits you got to your dog. Um, <laughs> so I think I can say, it. I don't want to be, I don't want to, I don't want to um, ruin anything, but I can, I will announce that if y'all aren't paying attention that they did announce that, uh, that the son of a bitch that murdered George Floyd is guilty on all charges. Oh, bravo. Um, so that's exciting. Sorry. I was fucking with my iPad cause I wanted to know, but yeah, they, uh, the crawl across says he's guilty on all charges. So that's Yay. great. You know, that's that's I, 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 obviously when they said they were going to announce it, you know, in like an hour, I was like, Holy shit. That, that sounds like a clear guilty verdict, but then mm. I'm old enough to remember the OJ verdict. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Me too. The same kind of thing happened. You know, mm -hmm. you're like, oh, he's going to be guilty. And then you're they're like, what? Mm -hmm. How is that fucking possible? Right. Yeah. But so that's good. That, that's that's so, so good. I know. I bet you Nancy Grace is pissed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we just need justice for Breonna Taylor now. I'm just saying that. You so know? I will say, and uh, not to, I'll, I'll just pivot it all back to me. Um, but my special host parade live at the Rose Bowl, uh, I, I squeeze in some song lyrics about Breonna's killers are still walking the streets because out of all of the, um, non evergreen material i i say in the special i knew no matter when that th that was released that that would still be true Ugh. isn't that just disappointing to kind of like have I mean, that? it's fucked up but like that was honestly the only guarantee of like risks i was like should i tell covid jokes should i sell tell trump should i say the word trump and i was like i guarantee you those sons of bitches that fired into her apartment are not, never going to be charged I mean, let's talk about like just like kind of doing material. I mean, you had the you you were prepping yourself to do a sixty-minute special in New York City, and a lot of the top half of your of, of the set is about is about the pandemic. How much more material? How much more material is saved so you can do another special in you know the next coming months? So we edited down. Well, two things happened because it was like it felt very like inauthentic to just do. A normal set right it just it didn't make any it felt like i'd be ticking through lines as opposed to like having a, a you know a conversation with people um it just didn't feel like it would work at the time i don't know if you guys feel that with your material but it, I, I feel better about it now but then if everything felt outdated just right. because the times were so crazy and i was like why would i be telling jokes about wendy's drive through like who gives a fuck it's you know um my mom and and well, I mean, me too, forever, forever, me too. But uh, the so what's edited down is the special is about 50 ish minutes. I performed about 50 minutes of stand up and then I performed about 20 something minutes of music. So even still, there's about 15 ish gone from that. So I was on the road with Margaret Cho 
up until March 14th of last year. That was like the dream gig of a lifetime was getting to feature for her. Like it's, sure. it doesn't get any better than that. And so I was using 30 minutes. There's that chunk. And then I have just a bunch of other material that I was using and none of it made it to, was used for the special. So um, I do, if anybody wants to call me and, and, you know, now that I play stadiums. <laughs> ah, look at that. That's a credit right there in itself. I mean, I mean, boom, from theater in New York City to the literal fucking Rose Bowl. Yeah. I mean, that's huge, Daniel. I quite, I thank you for, thank you for that. Um, I definitely, I quite honestly walked off the stage in Oklahoma City. That's where we were on tour in right. March and had to come home. I said, bye, and left Oklahoma City. And the next time I ever did stand up ever was at the Rose Bowl. Like all the stuff. <laughs> Coming out of my mouth in the special is like the first time I've ever like said it. How'd you practice it? Did you run it like on Zoom? Like like every schizophrenic, you pace around your apartment and ramble to yourself, you know. <laughs> At least, Joe, you know, you have a, a decent audience sometimes. <laughs> well, I, mean, I have listen. this mean dog that bites people. <laughs> Mrs. the Guzman downstairs. I mean, how about her? <laughs> <laughs> She's heard it all. She has heard it all. <laughs> I mean, I want to, obviously the special. Um, I do want to talk to you about something. What? Breaking quarantine. Oh, yeah. Talk about it. A bunch. <laughs> I, mean, I was wondering when John was going to bring this one up. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. My friends, you know, like as long as I was like, I, in my head, I said to myself, if as long as I'm being safe out there and like, mm -hmm. you know, go like, I mean, I, I'd come into the city um, mm -hmm. like March and April. Actually, May, April and May, and like I would just sit here in the showroom and just kind of like breathe it all in and kind of like see how dead the city was. I would go to Times Square, and my and my friends would be like seeing my stories and be like, "You're crazy! You're out of control doing this!" Like like there's a pandemic going on. Do you feel bad about breaking? <laughs> um, I okay. Here's the, the actual timeline of events: is that I started breaking the rules in May. Okay. Um, I truly, it was only like three times. It may because I didn't want to start fucking around and and like close to the special because sometimes it shows up on my face if you know what I mean I have like uh, ass rash you know or whatever fit rug burn yeah um, so I didn't want any of that showing up but so I really did it I tell the truth about it but what was happening was in L A you could drive and go get COVID tested so that's when I would go and I laid low I didn't I didn't see friends I wasn't going to the beach beaches were closed but like. I truly have been alone still. I'm still quarantining because I have work at the end of this week that if I test positive, I'm out. So I, I'm still not fraternizing with people. Wow. Um, so I know I don't feel bad because I was, I never tested positive and I tested myself regularly. Like you, I yeah. could drive to Dodger stadium. I could drive to the park um, and get tested for free. Um, and so that's, that's how I played it. And the people I hooked up with, except for one guy, um, were people I would regular, they're older. So they were like, are you sure you're tested? Yeah. So, <laughs> so the people that I was fucking around with kind of put the, put the pressure on me, uh, because I'm not joking when I say all the daddies put me on hold, they're in like more high morbidity rates or whatever. Like they were the ones who were like, well, we're tested. Where's your paperwork? More than like the clap or warts or whatever else you don't want to get by fucking around. Show up with your yes uh, receipt. Like, look, I got it. It's clear. Shockingly responsible. Uh, Unbelievable. For, for the community. Do you know what I mean? So I mean, you said it best in the special. I mean, if we got through AIDS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so now I tell, I kind of tell a similar joke in the shows I've done lately. And when I say I was fucking, y'all are fucking too. And the whole audience nods along. So part of the reason that I think we were the worst country in the world at this is because everybody was fucking doing their thing. Um, yeah. Just nobody, nobody said it out loud. I said it out loud. There's a lot of, I mean, I mean, Greg, there was a lot of people that I guess, you know, like, I mean, I, I, you're married, but I screwed around during the pandemic. Like I didn't, I broke quarantine rules to do this. I'm still here, but like, I guess there was nothing that scared us. I mean, I see all these videos of people in like India that like, if you don't have a mask on, you're getting slapped in the face and things mm -hmm. of that nature. Or like in Italy, they were like, literally like there were, there were, there were people like, police officers outside of buildings, you know, just like you can't leave. Right. Um, China's doing the same thing too. I don't think, uh, I think, I think as Americans, we have this hubris about ourselves. <laughs> and we're like, oh, the free, you know, and just marching outside the, for some well, day. 
I was a, I definitely was like a psycho about rules. Like I yelled at strangers for no masks. Like there was oh, a lady you're at one the of gas station. Yeah, fuck them. I was one of them because I a lot of people left LA. Like my a lot of my friends left. So I truly wasn't and I also quit drinking. So there was my socializing went to like to zero. <laughs> so I go I live by a park. I go there and I would go to the beach because there's zero people there. Um but I'm telling you last summer, like particularly like leading up to October, November, because that's when they're like, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. That's when I was really pissed when I could see people not following rules. Cause in California it was nuts. You'd see patios full of people eating. Oh yeah. And that, that would set me off. LA was one of those spots and Greg, I'm sorry to kind of hoard this, but we were, I was in Los Angeles all of November. Uh, we were yeah. doing shows out there with stand up New York and it would be crazy that people would be, you know, that you'd be like, Oh, like, like uh, wear a mask. But then they'd be like, by the way, elite party everyone gets covid tested prior to it mm. and uh, you know we're, we're gonna be partying till 2 a.m yeah. you know it was so interesting how, how that worked I, over there i take if i want to go the long way i can take mulholland home from the grocery store if i'm feeling fancy um right. it's really just an excuse to smoke a, a joint on the way home because i just need <laughs> that much time to finish the joint um anyway but in the month of October, right? There's some fancy houses off of Mulholland and you better believe there were like valet Halloween costume parties like all the time. And I was like, who are these? And also back to the breaking quarantine to fuck. I was like, there is definitely some like hot boy fuck club that I was not invited to. Do you know what I mean? Like there's some elitist group of people out here in Los Angeles. Don't tell me the pretty people aren't fucking. They're just not fucking us. Yeah. Um, Penis Island is like one of those places I've been wanting to go vacation for a long time. Actually, Wait, where, 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 where? It's, it's an, it's, it's a 30 rock joke. Uh, there was, you know, Tan Penis Island was this place that all the hot people and rich people go to. Um, but it's a thing. It's gotta be a thing. You know, what's funny is that because we, our first day was we, we got into Los Angeles a uh, day after the uh, election Saturday, like everything was on lockdown. It felt like Saturday we're in, we're, we're, we're in, uh, we're in Malibu and in Venice and yeah. it was like COVID was normal. over. Life is normal. <laughs> so that's, I'm a snob, right? I'm such a snob. I go to Malibu. I was just there yesterday. Uh, but that's, if I'm going to the beach, I like to go there because usually nobody's really at the wherever I have a spot, but 100% the grocery store restaurants just walking along for ever since like last summer people were acting like life was normal it was it was shocking until but we all also, right before there, Thanksgiving but there was an article not to defend the people of Malibu but there was an article that they actually have they didn't do much to correct to you know they didn't mask up they didn't do as much shutdown as everybody else did but they also didn't have high numbers of covid but the number one reason is they have an insulated lifestyle because they're rich as shit and don't have to go anywhere and don't have to work and can order in so they were they weren't wrong but the reasons they weren't wrong are totally like parts of our broken society so there is that that i i i thought the same thing right about going to an insulated area. Yeah. Well, Greg, you live in Connecticut. Come no, on, no, 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 no. So <laughs> I, I, I actually never really quarantined outside <gasps> the first two weeks of... Scandal. What does that mean, though, when you didn't... Because stuff was shut down. So when you didn't well, quarantine, out, what did it mean? No, I, outside of the first couple of weeks, you know, when everyone was shitting their pants, if you actually opened up your front door, you were going to die. Right. I didn't lock myself in. So I did whatever I had to do on a regular basis. There was mm. two months, there was nothing to do besides go to Walmart, Target, and the supermarket. For sure. I did that just to get out of my house three or four times a week, right? Of course, safe, you know. And there was no, there was hardly anybody in these stores because <laughs> people were freaking mm. out. If you left your house, you were dying. Mm. And then the second, like, the gyms opened up, I started going to the gym. I Restaurants, I would go to the restaurants. I, You know, we run comedy shows out in Connecticut with Stand Up New York, and we've been running shows since August. Yeah. So, and like, I, I just kept myself safe and mm -hmm. the best I could, never got sick. Then I go to fucking Florida to an old age community, right? Everyone is 65 years up and older, right? Uh -huh. they're, they're taking COVID, you know, like seriously, but right. get there and it's like a fucking free for all. Like, mm -hmm were out like nothing was going on because their case numbers were so low because they were taking precautions but mm -hmm. they weren't right mm -hmm. no, mm -hmm. I was I was masked up like wearing glasses like taking yeah. as much care as I could I test negative the day I left Florida I come home next day I'm sick kaboom the next yeah. 
day. It's those old fucking people. Right? And I'm like, those fucking swingers in communities. <laughs> <laughs> they must have got too close to me at fucking Win Dixie. Yeah, oh my God, love a Win Dixie. I am from Texas. I know a goddamn Win Dixie. I mean, the name, the grocery store <laughs> sounds racist. You know what I mean? I love it. That's the South. What's that? It was Academy Sports. <laughs> Thank yeah. you for knowing that. Also, I I learned through the special how regional that is, but. Uh, <laughs> I, it's, that's so funny to me. So I was kind of a psycho because my parents are in their seventies, but they're very healthy people. But I was like, I was a psycho about them. They're in Texas. Um, they never got it. My my sister did and stuff. But they're young. I was like, who cares? You're young and healthy. You'll be fine. Uh, but I was nuts. The whole thing about going out was I don't want to go out when everybody looks like a fucking astronaut and I'm just trying to get chips and salsa. Do you know what I mean? Like that is not magic. That's so weird. And do you know the scenes in like ET when the government moves in and everybody's zipped up in all the suits and stuff that I went to Del Taco at fucking 10 30 at night. And I was like, I'm on the moon. Everyone's all like, this is not fun. There were tacos on the moon. Um, I would eat them, but it's like, so the, I didn't want to play along with the uh, it's normal because that wasn't fun fun for me. Uh, but I get it because my whole family in Texas was just like that. They were like, they'd send me pictures of everybody gloved up and eating at a restaurant. I was just like, just fucking make me some pancakes and let's watch TV. I'm I'm okay. What do, what do you do next? I mean, uh, I mean, Daniel, I mean, obviously you're doing some you're doing some touring dates uh, in the next couple of months, uh, weeks. Is that correct? That's true. Um, I've got some stuff in L.A. and then I'm going to I'm starting hopefully work with these guys. Uh, so, yes, I'm going to be in Mexico uh, doing a few shows. And then I think at the end of the summer, I'll really start back up um, touring. I think I've got some Texas dates to look at and stuff really on the East Coast. So I'm like going from zero flying to cross country and international, like just like fucking that. Like I'm, I get it. I get it. I get it. Listen, I, I went, as soon as I got my vaccine and, and in February, the first trip I booked was to Cancun and I went off and then yeah. with work, I was in Los Angeles, Miami, but what are you doing as far as like, I mean, how long before crowds get sick of pandemic stuff? I think it's already there. I honestly do because it was such a saturated event. It was the same. So like I love being from Texas, being a queer person from Texas, you're already a political person, just being a gay person out loud. Like no matter what you, what you Democrat or Republican, who gives a shit. And in Texas, you can get away with some political humor. That's not hack. It's of the times. And because the Texas political atmosphere is a joke all the time. Um, And then when Trump happened, he was so pervasive, right? It just saturated everything that, of course, stand-ups, everybody had to talk about it. And I would just watch the audience's body language just kind of shift, like especially like an open mic or something where you have several performers. You know, I'm guilty of it too. We all did it. But um, it's like right now, the things that we really centered on is like pandemic, masks, TikTok. I've only done like three shows and I've been towards the end of all the shows and every last performer is just, you know, that's where we were all watching the same channel, right? Um, basically for the last few months. So I think I do, I feel like material wise, we're all kind of at the same level. I don't want to say starting point, but like it's free range. I feel like now anything is available to talk about in a way that I used to kind of think maybe I should only talk about gay-ish stuff. But I really feel like since everybody was kind of like deleted almost, you know, or reset kind of. What was it like? I mean, if the last shows you did were in Oklahoma City, right? Mm -hmm. That, I mean, I guess you would... I mean, I've been to Oklahoma City and I've been to lots of parts of of, uh, Texas. You know, kind of similar, you know, people very very um what how, how does that go right when you're there in oklahoma city with margaret right mm-hmm. i imagine those people you know she's you're doing sold out shows those people are coming mm-hmm. to know what they're getting right but then yeah. i read i read you know i don't know if it was on your website or on when i just googled some stuff i read an article about a review and an interview you did from spokane washington right mm, uh-huh there and the the headline was and i wrote it down because i i'm like this is an interesting headline. I'm curious what you think. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm going to say? I think so. Yeah. Cause so, I have, I have a thought. Go ahead. Right. So 
Um, Margaret Show run its four shows at Spokane Comedy Club, included sold out dates, but the one surprise was her opening act, openly gay comedian and Texas native. <laughs> right? And right. Like, why is that a fucking surprise? <laughs> like, what, what, what's the, what part is, of that is the surprise? Is it that. Her, <laughs> Because, you know, mm-hmm. like she goes on to say how great you were performance was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm just like, how do you read that as you? Like, what the fuck are you saying? You're listening to another episode of the Somewhat Damaged Podcast, part of the Historic Media Podcast Network and brought to you by Corona Premier. Only 90 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs, and now available on draft. Uh, yes. Uh, so the... The person who wrote that is also gay, so right. I, I I don't I take it as like celebratory. Right. Um, they're kind of they're from my generation or above, not to out or age anybody. Uh, where it's the openly gay part right. that I'm like, well, I didn't. It's not an announcement, right. you know. It's like, yeah, and nor like my set, I'm super flaming, and like I do. You can't talk. You know what I mean? It's the same as straight guys talking about girls. They're talking about being straight. You know, it's like it's the same. Uh, d- double standard or whatever, but I, uh, I, I, when I read that, because the interview was just this fun conversation, and that that was the like message, right? And so what was interesting was like comedy clubs, the improvs ran that article. They would like put it on their Facebook or their Twitter or whatever. And every comment was, what the fuck do we care if the guy's gay? I was like, I'm not the one saying it. Like, <laughs> it's not my message to the people. Um, but it also comes up because the conversation was talking about playing in Vegas, I think, in weird places. Right. Your question was, what is it like to play in Oklahoma City? And I do feel like it's very bigoted still. Like, I do feel like audiences, straight guys, are afraid to look me in the eye or laugh because it might make them look gay kind of stuff. Right. So, like, I understand and I do support that kind of visibility. Sure. Um, but however, wording it quite like that surprised me just right. because... Um, it it sounded old fashioned to be honest. It I, sounded I read like it something like from nineteen ninety one. I I really did. I read it like five times to see if I was not picking up on something. Or it, 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 I wish that, like everybody, you don't want to be identified by that. Sure, exactly. And it was so that business news that was like running this article and like, right. oh yeah, that kind of makes sense. But right. the Spokane, you know, times. Right, right, it's right. Same thing here, though, in New York, it's like, and, and all across, it's like, give it up for this next very funny female comedian. It's like, right. what the hell does it matter if she's female? You know what I mean? This next right. guy is very funny. No shit he's going to be funny. He's on a fucking show. Like, we're right. just kind of saying the inevitable. And yeah, I mean, something like that. But does it get clicks? Absolutely, it does. It, 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 I, I tell you this, and this is an old story, but and, and it, it kind of prepped me for these these kind of experiences is because I did meet President Obama. It was over making a gay joke and there was like two articles written about it, but then the internet copy and pasted the articles, right? So it, it became, it was viral. This is years ago, but it was a viral thing. Um, the reason I bring it up is because they copy pasted each article, which meant each website that used it had its own comment section and the comment sections were vile where people said horrible mean things about me about me like having aids and giving it to obama and like you know and it it only begins there like people said horrendous things about me uh and i kind of think it's funny like i don't welcome it i do recognize that it's like the unhappiness of trolls and things like that um but does it get clicks it, it gets clicks because it invites that kind of negative negativity because that's the only place people really can vocalize it these days safely without being like shot or I shouldn't say that, but without being like taken down for being a, the bigot that they are. Well, it's, I mean, the biggest question out of all that though is how big is Obama? <laughs> he is taller than me. I'm six, three ish. Right. So I'm a tall person. Uh, he is, as I recall, taller than me, and the man fucking glows. Like, yeah. he's just like, he shines. Um, and then the other thing, and sometimes this is a preoccupation of mine, but I love when a man has his shirt tucked in, belt or no belt, but it's just a, a, a flat line, like shirt into pant, you know? Not everybody can do it. I can't, you know, everybody's different, but for some reason, I always noticed that, and I was like, hmm, trim waistline, shiny face, like, you know, just, just simple. But the man does radiate. It's fascinating. His wife, too, by the way. We okay, so I will say this she wasn't there that day, and after the whole 
experience, right? He leaves and all the people leave and everybody's gone. Obama's gone and everybody's like just kind of starstruck for a second. Someone goes, man, that would have been so cool if Michelle was here. And we all went, yeah, <laughs> damn. It like totally brought us back down. <laughs> you know, I want to talk about like you being in bands and stuff, right? Because that's oh, what yeah. for like half your life. Mm-hmm. Right? Forever. So, and that's why you were in Austin, I imagine. is Very true. So what what made you give that up and then go to I mean I obviously read the, the pieces about it but like, yeah. when does that time come just because the band ended you're like I'm not going to do this <laughs> I got to find yeah, kind of are either of you musicians do y'all play I used to tour I used to tour with uh, with the Warp Tour and a band on what yeah so like yeah. that's my dream it was, and that's kind of why I could translate into stand up because I just wanted to tour like I'm such a road dog like right. I don't care if it's ugly and you know your food's bad and the I, I like I like that I like all of it I'm a, I'm a big old road dog but um I can't I did, get, Greg did you play do you play music Yeah I was in, I was in bands and I ran a music I actually started a music magazine and ran it for like 10 years Oh I'm um, see okay so like it's heartbreaking to not play anymore right like right. if you don't in the way you used to and so, yeah, I was in my 20s. I moved to Austin. I played piano since I was two. My Fender Rhodes is right over there. Um, 1974. And uh, <laughs> I love her. And uh, she's... Anyway, but yeah, so I was in all kinds of bands. They were whatever. They weren't the best, but I neither was I. Um, and then they all kind of died. One person quit. I quit one. And then I was in three at the same time. Right. One for six years, one for three years, one for like two and a half. And it all overlapped, which is fun. Um, but basically, I don't know if y'all had a male midlife crisis yet, but I did. And it was at 2930 was right. yours. I don't uh, know. Mine was at 35. And I'm- <laughs> okay. I thought it, that was later. Do you know what I mean? I, I was anticipating that to be later in my life. I was not prepared for it at like 2930. So it kind of coincided with a lot of that, but to have been working really hard on creative projects that didn't go anywhere and to be trying my own little dog and pony show playing my piano music again, which is sad, let's be honest. I was so embarrassed to try to invite my friends. I was like, I can't make one more goddamn flyer. I cannot make a please come to my shitty music show and beg my fucking friends to be like, here he goes again. Like I, that was humiliating to me. And at the same time, I was kind of performing in, a, in some friends' shows doing some kind of like comedy, not necessarily writing and not necessarily stand-up. But one of my friends was like, you're fun to watch on stage. You should do stand-up. And so just the two things happened at the same time where I was like, I'm too humiliated to start another musical project, but I'm just humiliated enough that I'll start stand-up in secret and not tell anybody. Right. So it kind of it happened at a good time because I was like, well... I, both are devastating to my ego. <laughs> so I may as well just try something new. Just different flyers. Well, because again, and I'm not kidding about the like the touring, like I just love live performing. That's the whole thing. And, and music is one of the most special ways to be able to do that. But comedy, if you can really do it and like travel, I think that's it's amazing. Really yeah. I mean, the, cool the fact that it's like, you know, with a band and Greg, you know, this, you, you get it. I mean, I, I was a tour manager, but you sit, you play the same set, you know what I mean? Over and over every single time, every single city that you're at, you know, mm-hmm. cause you only got 15, you only got 30 minutes mm-hmm. and you kind of play with that. But with a comedian as being a comedian, Daniel, you can probably see that you can freestyle a little bit. You know what I mean? You can punch something, you know, that like if you're a certain area, you can talk about X, you can talk about Y, but then you can go back to California and do, you know, a set, uh, you know, at West Side and do completely something completely different. I mean, that's, that's got to feel freeing. A bit. I see, I see it differently. I'm a, I'm a huge nerd for the musicians that don't do the same set list. I mean, I totally get why. Um, I, that, I saw the Smashing Pumpkins a bit in the 90s, like a, a few times, and it'd be like the same set list, but the last 45 minute jam was the, was the variable, right? Dave, that was me and Dave Matthews. Oh, okay. So, oh, okay. Let's talk about that just for one second. I'm so pissed that I'm not a bit like a bigger Dave Matthews fan because I'm truly not. I like him. He's fine. But because uh, he puts out so much live stuff, like all kinds of albums and stuff. Can I tell you, I saw Tim Reynolds live oh, yeah. by himself. Have you seen yeah. him live? I've seen Tim by himself. Yeah. I saw That's- him 
Look, I got goosebumps. <laughs> I was tripping my balls off and I was stone cold sober. His music is so cool. I love Tim Reynolds. Yeah, Tim is great. He, he's, a, he's a great guitar player. He's, he's now blo- full-time. He's full-time on the Dave Matthews band now. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. Okay, so I saw him in 2001 <laughs> and he was just solo and it was oh, the yeah. weird, trippy, trippy, trippy. But that was um, the big thing. Like the Tim Reynolds and the Dave Matthews show, like live from yeah. like the Beacon or whatever it was. Yep, yep. Yeah, but Tim Rounds by himself is just astronomically. I was on fire. My mom was expecting a Dave Matthews concert, and I was like, I'm on acid. This is what acid (laughs) is going to be like. Um, I did see it on November, I think, 1st. It might be November 2nd, uh, 1997. I saw the Rolling Stones, and their opening act was the Smashing Pumpkins, and their opening act was Dave Matthews' band. Their opening act was Matchbox 20, which I'm very sorry about. But it's a the weirdest lineup, and everybody was great. You couldn't understand a word Dave Matthews said while he was like bantering. <laughs> Play my mom. Dave Matthews came on the radio, and she goes, "And my mom is seventy eight years old. Mm. And my, my brother's like the world's biggest Dave Matthews fan." And she's like, "You know, I don't understand why Dave Matthews is in all these Adam Sandler books." <laughs> 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 and I'm like, it was, "I'm like, what?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, let's be honest. The best, the best, the best Dave Matthews impression was Fallon. Fallon did a great Dave Matthews. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I do yeah, wish I like I said. It's like the same with Pearl Jam. I'm not a huge Pearl Jam fan, but they put out so much live stuff that I just wish I was a fan of theirs because they they're so Bjork does it. Are you a Dead but, fan? A Grateful Dead fan? Mm, I okay. No, and with no disrespect, uh, I did see. We, I went to Bonnaroo in 2003 and the dead was headlining, but it was the Joan Osborne era. Right, right, so we, I, we sat it out, but I've, I've worked in restaurants with fish heads and dead heads and wow. abs, absolutely been there in the morning when they had last night's show bootlegged and burned and they're blasting it in the kitchen before we open. And they're, because I love their their way of doing set lists, where oh, no shows the same and all that kind of stuff. Sure, I mean the fish guys every every uh, every New Year's Eve they played the Garden, and like mm-hmm. it was a different set every night, and it was like out of control. I love uh, shit like that. Tori, that's why Tori Amos fans are so psychotic, is because she'll do the same thing. She'll give you a two and a half hour show, and she'll maybe play the same three songs, and then everything right. else is different. So that's why her people are followers. Yeah, yeah. In my, I guess in my in my older age, like I like I, I was really getting into i went to i went to a coldplay concert and i thought it was like the best thing ever because like your, your, your little wrist all light up and everything mm-hmm. i was like mm-hmm. <laughs> i went to my friend and i i this is i can't remember whatever fyf fest in in la kind of downtown ish uh yeah, 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 like yeah. dodger state i forget where but bjork was playing and i've only seen bjork once and it was at a festival and like i'm a huge nerd for her uh, and I actually went to Iceland a few years ago and just speaking to Icelanders, like I made some friends there. Uh, they all are like, oh, have you met her yet? I'm like, no. They're like, oh, she's nice. I'm like, well, where is she? Is she like, <laughs> is she there? Where is she? Uh, so we went to- she's got, she's, got a, she's got a shift over at the uh, local Whole Foods. At I mean, no joke. A, friend, a week after I left Iceland, another friend was there and she texted me and was like, I'm in a thrift store. It's noon and Bjork is taking shots of Jameson with the cashier. I was like, oh! Where was I for that? Um, but I, t- you said you went to Coldplay and it made you, it was the greatest thing. We went to see Bjork and um, I think she was the 8 p.m. slot or whatever on a Friday night at a festival. And I'm a psycho. I want to be close because I want to musically, I like to see what everybody's doing, blah, 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 blah. And it's Bjork, who cares? Um, and so there's nobody there, right? It's like 7.30, nobody's at the actual spot of the show. And I'm like, you know, and meanwhile, my friend, my old bandmate, is like, I am hungry, let's get a beer and we'll figure it out. I'm like, we gotta get close. This is our chance. And she goes, no, Bjork is old, we're old. Nobody wants to see her anymore. And she was right. We walked up to like sixth row, basically, at about 7.50 and right at eight o'clock, here comes Bjork. And by the end of it, you know, she had 10,000 people there, but. Right, uh, oh God. (laughs) We're old, like she's just not the. Missy Elliott played after her, and when Missy Elliott played, there were about thirty thousand people there. Right. So, like, like, there's a thing about, like going to like going to old concerts. Like, like some of my friends that you know still play. Like, I've got friends that you know were on the drive-through, and you know, uh, one of my favorites was I went to uh, I knew Andrew McMahon from something corporate, who was in Jack's Mannequin, and mm-hmm. you know, I went to one of his shows, and I'm looking out on the sea of people, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. 
Christ, we are old. Like, you know, like <laughs> salt and pepper hair, like, and these people just hanging on to their youth for one night. You know, terrible. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen Fleetwood Mac three times, um, wept all three times. Um, really? And once with all five, right? Um, and that was the best. But they sound old as shit. No disrespect. Like I, I like Fleetwood Mac, but they sound a little, a little pitchy. Um, and I've also seen Jamiroquai. I saw Jamiroquai like two years ago in what's the tennis venue in Queens Forest or some Forest Hill Stadium. Yes. So saw Jamiroquai there just like two years ago. I swear. Swear to God, um, and the whole audience was old, and it was the best show ever. Everybody was fucking dancing. Everybody knew every lyric. Sure, and they, we we were all above the age of thirty-five. I'm gonna blow you, I'll blow you away right now. So I like three or three years. It probably is no more than three years ago. I I was in San Francisco. And whenever I go into a town, the first thing I do is look to see what live bands are playing that night because mm -hmm. I'll go see really any live music. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. So I miss it. It doesn't happen out here. I know. Much. And it really is a shame. So the band that was playing that I chose to go see was Good Charlotte, right? <laughs> oh, God. So, so it was, I love it. I love pop punk. <laughs> at the Fillmore, right? So I'm like, you know, I haven't been right. Fillmore in a long time. So I'm like, mm. all right, I'll suck it up and I'll go to see Good Charlotte, right? I'm sure. like, it'll be the two things I love the most, live music and live comedy. <laughs> Good Charlotte and I made one of my friends from San Francisco come with me mm. and we're in like the pit and mm. I'm looking around and I'm like holy shit like everybody in this pit is like 45 years old yes no, ah, really yes. no teenagers nothing and I'm like mm. in, in fucking sane mm. and we, they were great actually but I'm like I was in I was hysterical the entire time <laughs> like I, just, laughing the whole show as a teenager if i don't was, lie I was, greg was on the sides being like being like i don't want to be you i am not gonna front that i didn't of course i did but it was just it was so funny i'm like this is like when all these throwback bands go out on tour mm. you know it, it's like especially like new kids on the block and mm -hmm. and uh Backstreet Boys and Instant, but the, those two that they tour together, and you watch those videos that are on like HBO of their like NKOTB and, and Backstreet Boys show, and you look in the audience, and it's like they're all fucking grandmas. Yeah, throwing <laughs> their panties on stage. It's crazy. There's a I, the Ve Vegas is such a strange place for all kinds of reasons, but um, it. It's funny that I, I'm obsessed with the residency things there, like the Celine and the Brit. Like, that's just such a fascinating, sure. you know, because I'm a big Joan Rivers fan. She has her second book, Still Talking, um, talks a lot about her Vegas work and stuff like that. I think it's a better read than her first book, just if you're like for, into comedy. Um, but uh, the, the, oh, wait, why am I even talking about that? The residency and that and the performance that, wait, what were you just talking about? I want to get back to it really fast. Uh, Vegas residency, the people. Oh, Cher. Cher, Cher had a residency there, and someone's like, Cher, how do you like performing in Vegas? And she goes, the audiences are really old. <laughs> and like, Cher's really old. And yeah. for her to be like, they are old. So what do you think it means for Cher to be like, tits out, ass out at whatever, 60, and these people are on fucking respirators at 90? Like, that's your... That's the dream, baby. She's younger than you think. I swear. She, I promise. Because I always think she's like way older, but I mean, she's not. Was the first concert I ever went to. Yes. With, when? With my parents in like the late 70s. Yes. Now, some of their stuff, there's a song uh, with Sonny and Cher called, uh, I think it's called Please Baby Don't Go, or maybe it's called just Baby Don't Go. Beautiful song. Fucking great, great song. <laughs> Wait, where was the share show? Where did you go? Oh, I, I, it was in New York City. I, I mean, I was so young. I don't remember. Share solo? No, Sonny and Share. Wild. Like Sonny and Share when they had. Wow. The I had a speech teacher at high school, and his first concert was also his first date in the in the, when he was in the sixth grade, and his parents drove him and his little girlfriend at the time on Valentine's Day to see the Carpenters. No. No. Can you believe that? First concert, first date, Valentine's Day to see the Carpenters. I was like, I, I would have blown my brains out right there. That sounds great. That's <laughs> great life. At its finest right over mm -hmm. there. <laughs> great life. Did you find love? No, but I had that. It's so good. 
I followed my Sonny and Cher show up with uh, Slayer in 1984. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this. I saw Tori Amos in, on Halloween in Houston, and she opened with Raining Blood by Slayer. Oh, wow. uh, and I was like, I'm the only person who knows what song this is. I yeah. swear to fucking God. None of you know what song this is. <laughs> Where was it? Toyota Center? Over in, uh... No, it was the Aerial Theater. That's funny. Ooh. We're going to track that down. That sounds pretty awesome. So, she actually I mean, was really spooky and good. Um, she also did, at a different show, I've seen her a bunch, but she also did uh, Black Sabbath's Sweet Leaf. And I was like, oh, wow. nobody knows what she's playing. Like, gong, 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 gong. I was like, nobody knows what's happening. So, Daniel, we usually close these podcasts with the best thing that you ate this week. Oh, fuck. Oh, my so, God. I got to tell Greg, Greg, before, before, like, I thought this interview was at four. So I'm rushing over here. <laughs> but mind you, I told him that I still had to stop by Krispy Kreme because it's 420 and I'm going to get mm. super high later. Mm-hmm. And I scarfed down three donuts within the span of, I don't know, about two minutes. Best way and to do it. I have to say, Greg, that was probably the best thing I ate this week so far. Was the light on. The what? Light on. When That's the thing. When the Krispy Kreme lights on in the donut shop, that means the donuts are hot. Uh, really? What? Yeah. What is this fucking hack? You don't know that? No. I didn't know this. Yeah. There's animal style donuts. <laughs> you know what? The, the donuts were better than the meal that I had. We went out with my buddy. Uh, Daniel Wait, I'm Kirk. sorry. Really fast. What flavor donuts? Just glazed? Okay. So yeah. I did uh, a Bavarian cream filled one. Okay. I did the blueberry glazed. Mm-hmm. And then I got another one, which is like kind of like their, um, their uh, 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 Boston cream. Mm-hmm. I that down with a, with I a wonderful uh, co- iced coffee, black, because I have no heart. We should hang out. That hello, that's my me too. <laughs> so that was the best thing, and that beats the, the the dinner that I had at the Palm, actually. Because mm. the Palm, I had the Palm with some friends. We had like all these. We had, we had like this boat of sushi, which is great. It's extravagant, but like I think a lot of it was just show. Like a like if somebody has a tomahawk, I'm not a big fan of a tomahawk steak. I just think that's all for show. But sure. best thing had to be Krispy Kremes made by minimum wage. That was my best. <laughs> Donuts are miracles. Donuts are miracles. Ooh, uh, they should one. they should be celebrated. Um, I'm very fortunate. I've had a good food week, so Ooh. that's going to be really hard to nail down. I'll only preface it with my friend Maggie May dropped off. Uh, a, a, a belated birthday bag full of candy and chocolate, and all kinds of good stuff. And like, I have a showcase I'm supposed to tape later this week. I'm like, you bitch, you dropped off fucking cupcakes um, and like cookie dough. So it's like, they're not even baked yet. So I have the option of like eating just the fucking dough, right? I know it was like, but so this, like I say, it's been a good food week. I'm going to go with um, an emotional answer. Um, because I actually went to my first restaurant since last year. Uh, and I did that. What the fuck is today? I did that yesterday. Um, I did it yesterday. I went to Malibu cause I'm a snob. I was going to go swim and stuff, but there were too many people. You know, no, I will. I can't afford that shit. I'm not going to go there till they pay till they get it for me. Um, <laughs> I went to it's the it's this little stupid restaurant. It's called the Real Inn. But the last time I was there, I sat right next to Kevin Bacon. He was uh. not, not there this time. Um, but y'all, I just had some like blackened mahi mahi with some French fries and some coleslaw, nice. and ate that ketchup and like you know had some like spicy ketchup with and did it with a fork and stuff. And then yeah, 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 you know yeah, yeah. went home. I also had a black co- black iced coffee because that's how I. Oh, yeah. I will say just some shitty old little weird seaside fish meal was really good, despite the fact that I've been eating weed chocolates all morning. <laughs> <laughs> I was in Florida last week, so I think that's enough uh, <laughs> to say that there's nothing good I ate down there. <laughs> Show me. <laughs> so I, I think I'm going to have to go with a um, codfish sandwich I mm. had at a country club um, mm. an hour outside in Orlando, which was actually really good. Also had coleslaw on it. Mm, I love some slaw. Nothing Don't you hate how good country club food is? 
Oh my God! It's taste. The racism is what makes it. And the <laughs> they, I had a lobster bisque, which makes no sense because it was like eighty-five degrees outside. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this gigantic bowl of lobster bisque show up at someone's table, and I'm like, mm. I, I gotta have that. Like, mm. I just need to have that. So I ordered the lobster bisque, and it was outstanding. Actually, it was one of the only lobster bisques I can remember having that actually had big chunks of lobster. Lobster. Can't go wrong with that, Daniel. When I'm in LA, I gotta take. I'll take you to a good. We'll go to go some good places. I'm there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm. I got a lot of foodie places too. I hate the word foodie, but I'm a pig, so I like to eat. Um, I. One of the places Greg's been telling me is Culver. uh, Was it Culver City? Greg Market in uh, on Ventura. Yeah, Ventura. Yeah, Studio City Black Market uh, Liquor Bar. Oh wait, I know where that is. I buy my drugs up in Studio City. Yeah. I um, like Dresden Coke guy, Daniel. <laughs> no, but are, these moon candies are always two for one at this spot, and they're so good. Uh, oh, I know the. Oh, I, I wasn't talking about cocaine. I mean, uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, you do not want me on blow. I swear to God, I'm like I'm too chatty sober. You do not want me on that. I'm a mess. Yeah. Like, and I and I always drop the bag every single time. I'm like, it's my turn, and then I drop it on the floor. Everybody goes, oh. <laughs> You do not want me anywhere near it. I'm a fucking mess. Well, you guys will have to go uh, to Black Market Liquor Bar. It's it's on. Down. It's on we'll hang out. Jeff Dyle is in the area too. We'll go get. We'll get a couple of drinks. His buddy Braxton and Randy Valerio. Let's make a day of it. I would love that. My favorite we'll have day. Hours drive us home because he's sober. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I have to say this really fast. You've jogged this Floridian memory when we were kids in Tampa Bay, which is also my drag queen name. Uh, where we Checkers. Do you remember Checkers was like a fast food, oh, like a drive-through yeah. burger thing? And this was the first time I think I had like a chicken sandwich instead of a burger. And we were on the hot beach in Clearwater, and it was just like 4 p.m. Right, just horrible hot Florida. And I'm eating this like chicken sandwich, and it was like when I say the mayonnaise was. Like the lettucey mayonnaise was like fucking bubbling and falling out of it, and I just—it was so hot, but it was so good. It was so good. All that mayonnaise was so good. People don't, people don't know checkers if they don't know checkers, and they're gonna drive right by it on the road and be like, I'm, "I don't know what that place is." I tell you, the the sandwich was soaking wet, but it was fucking delicious. Checkers is good. Checkers is good. Anyway, man, thank you very much for hanging out. Congratulations on the special. It's really, it's really good. Go watch the special. It's Thanks awesome. Thanks for having yeah. me, guys. Nice Download to talk to you. Watch his stuff and where do you, where do we check you out besides your websites? Uh, you can find me at the Daniel Web is my website, but I'm at the Daniel Web on all social media. I'm even on TikTok, but I don't post anything. I just have fans because I'm too old for TikTok. <laughs> and on that note, thanks a lot, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks.